Welcome to the ministry of Reverend David Edigenfi. Reverend David is the founder and president of Kingdom Mystery Center Worldwide. He is an end-time apostle mandated to raise mature sons of God who will explicitly manifest their identity in Christ. Reverend David has a dynamic music ministry and is the author of Dangers of Wrong Marriage. His strong passion for soul winning has spread Jesus for all missions and evangelistic crusade ministry. Now listen to Reverend David Edgenby. Just lift your right hand to heaven. We want to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight, for gathering us at your feet, to be taught by you. We are grateful. Lord, let the power of your word have its full manifestation even in our life. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. Let's take our seats. God bless you. Hallelujah. Tonight I'm teaching you on faith towards God. Faith towards God. Somebody say faith towards God. We have been dealing with the foundations of the Christian faith. My worry and my disturbance has been the frustration of the Christian faith. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is not a religion of practices. Let me put it that way. It's not a religion of practices. But unfortunately, because the world doesn't have accurate definition of what Christianity stands to be, they classified it as a kind of religion. Christianity is a kind of life. Amen. It's the manifestation of a kind of life all religions are practices practices are you getting what i'm trying to say the other difference between religion and the christian faith is that religion does a lot of things to know god but in christian faith god does everything to no man god does everything to no man in religion men are pouring libation men are putting their head down doing whatever in the name of what knowing god but in christianity the son of god came from heaven came to die to save our soul so god is the one that came for us but you see the reason why religion doesn't have a future is because by strength shall no man prevail you cannot succeed by practices you cannot know god by practices god cannot be known by the effect of men God can only be known by revelation if he reveals himself. If he reveals himself. And the revelation of God cannot just happen to anybody at all, but it can only happen to people who have the Spirit of God in them. Why? Because the revelation is done by the Spirit of God, and it is only by the Spirit of God you can assess others. Now, we have forced, many people have forced push Christianity into the category of religion and this is the reason why we are not able to see the power of God that is deposited in the Christian faith 
And the other thing too is that we have gotten the foundation wrong. We are building on something else. We are building on philosophy. We are building on motivational speech. Today, you can enter into a church and they can preach one whole hour and you cannot hear the name of Jesus once. The Bible says there is no name under the earth or on this earth or under the sun that a man can be saved except the name what? Jesus. So you go into church, we teach you the seven principles of wealth creation. We teach you steps of becoming a confident woman. We teach you and there is not a single thing about the name Jesus. You have not yet entered into church. You are into you are in another environment altogether. Just that it has been branded as a church. So the Bible says that so that you may not be carried away by the philosophies of men. Paul said, I didn't come unto you by the wisdom and the philosophies of men. It means that certain men can come unto us by the wisdom and the philosophies of what? Of men. And the Bible says that, he said, not the enticing words of men. Which means that there are certain preachings, they have ticklings, they have movement, they have certain feelings, they make us feel some way and we misinterpret it as the power of God. Meanwhile, it's enticement. Meanwhile, it's enticement because it incites us. It makes us scream, shout, jump about. Yet, it wakes nothing us in us in the name of the Christian faith or in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we call it church. No. When you talk about a church, you are talking about the body of Christ. When you talk about a church, you are talking about the body of Christ. Child of God, listen to me very careful. If it's about the body of Christ and the gathering of the body of Christ, then when we talk about the word of God, we are talking about the bread, the bread, the food for the body of Christ. So when we come to church and the word of God is coming and we are, we are being taught the word of God and there is nothing from the word for us then i don't know what we are feeding the body with because the truth of the matter is that the body of christ can feed itself by itself he said i am the bread of life the bible says that he that does not eat my flesh nor drink my blood is not part of me so the body of christ can feed itself by itself sometimes we can make certain wild statement philosophical statement and think that we have made a powerful statement and that is unfortunate so we started teaching about the foundations and i've i've taught you that there are six foundations of the christian faith that when you get born again for you to be solid powerful and drive on and be able to do mighty things for the lord you should be conversant with these foundations and child of god i know a pastor who one time was preaching and made a statement like if you are not born again me don't come to my church if you're not born again already don't come to my church this is not where i'm coming to teach you how to be born again i was like wow wow you see that's why people like you who have the truth being saved every day must be loud and must rise up and share the word of god with so much power because you see it is the increase of the word that brings prevalence the bible says, and the word of god increased and it prevailed so the increase of the word is what will bring what the prevalence if we don't allow the word to grow and increase it cannot prevail that is why today all these aquantra and all these people seem to be prevailing why because it seems to be giving results but the truth of the matter is that a river which can create a channel or can cause an erosion is a river with current an increased volume if the volume of the water is not being huge it, 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 it doesn't become a force 
if the uh, Volta River doesn't have huge volume of water, you, you, the turbines doesn't turn. So our force is not just in we becoming rivers, but we becoming an increase in volume. River that is, has, has increased in volume. The Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers. So if there is an outflow of a certain river from you, then I will encourage you to generate volumes of water so that there can be a current that will cause a change. Because flood is not directed. You can't direct a flood. It determines where it passes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Until we come to the height, the Christian faith will be suffering, will be struggling, will be having problems. But there is hope in the name of Jesus Christ. So we started teaching about repentance unto God and our scripture was from Hebrew chapter 6, the verse number 1 to 3. Quickly, he said, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, leaving the principles this same scripture is trying to also tell us that advancing from the point of the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Let us advance unto maturity. Let us advance unto what? Maturity. Now, you see, maturity or perfection is not in isolation. It's in compilation. Maturity or perfection is not in what? Isolation. It is not a place you'll be there one day and then you jump and they say, I'm matured. No. It's in what? Compilation. You add on to what you have already. By compiling and compiling and compiling and compiling. Now you come to a certain point. You realize that putting all you have acquired together, you have become a matured person. Am I saying something very important here? So the Bible is telling us that let us move on onto what? Perfection. Not laying again. Not laying what? Again. The foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. And beloved, I want you to know that many people keep laying every day the foundation of repentance towards God. Many people keep laying every day the foundations again, every day. There are certain churches when you enter the place, you only hear about all that happened at Calvary. And you never know about what, that, what you can't tell what is happening after resurrection. There is nothing they tell you. Uh, they can tell you all about your sins. They can tell you about the blood of Jesus, the cross. They can tell you about everything. But they cannot tell you the power that is at work in you. They don't. Why? Because they keep laying again. They make you feel guilty and guilty. They make you feel like the most important thing is the sin. Is uh, uh, the sin that you have committed. And as though you must always repent every day. But I came to tell you that the cross is not the end of itself. But it's, an, it's a means to the end. The cross is the means to what? To the end. The cross is the bridge to cross over to our real destination. That's what the cross is. So don't let the message of the cross be the end of all. Amen. Because he didn't remain on the cross. It is not the cross we are pursuing. It's the man on the cross we are following our faith is not in the cross our faith is in the man on the cross but that man didn't remain on the cross why don't we keep ourselves in the grave because he was also buried he didn't remain in the grave he resurrected on the third day and the bible says that he ascended to heaven and he seated at the right hand side of the father so our faith is in the man jesus not the cross upon which the man hung not the seat upon which he sat and not even the grave from where he resurrected so that we don't get stuck as christians to a certain doctrine the doctrine of the cross and we are finished no 
he said we must move on unto perfection the bible said that and he told them to go ahead of him and wait and he advised them that they should wait until they are endued with one power that they may be endured with power so there is the dimension of the church coming to realization that their heritage is to demonstrate what power the truth of the matter is that the, the church is supposed to manifest the resurrection power you are supposed to manifest what the resurrection power so he said therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of the of christ let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards god of the doctrine of baptism number one no foundation of repentance and of faith so i've mentioned two repentance is the number one foundation faith towards god is the number two foundation number three foundation is the baptism and number four foundation is the laying on of hands number five foundation is the resurrection of the dead and number six foundation is what eternal judgment i'm so much in a hurry to get there eternal judgment many a times when we mention eternal judgment that people begin to fear because of hell and heaven but you see if you have revelation of it you should be happy you should be happy hallelujah and we have looked actually at the the foundation of what repentance from what dead works and i have explained to you what repentance is i have told you what repentance is and we have understood that repentance though may be incited or may be inspired by the many workings of the system of god's grace through many mediums and the introduction of many things like the preacher preaching to you like reading a book and getting convicted like coming to church or having a count i mean somebody advising you i mean it can come through many things and you waking up to the reality by the instrument of what conviction then you take a decision so repentance is connected to your willing decision so nobody can repent for you because nobody decides for you that is why it is dangerous to go and beg for somebody when he sins when people come to me when they commit a blunder and they come to me pastor please i i came to say i'm i'm sorry the truth of the matter is that it is not what you are saying that i'm taking but it is what you are going to do after you what you have said so i keep telling them i said look look at me the true regret is not in your speech the true regret is your way of life after your speech if you say you are sorry prove it by your accent you can't tell me you are sorry and go back to the same thing again that means you are not sorry and we understood that there are two main types of what repentance and we, we we spoke about repentance unto death and repentance unto what life and i told that there are many people who can regret of a wrong thing but may not repent of the wrong thing hallelujah and we have understood that but you see every true repentance before i go to the next point every true repentance must be marked with conversion so when you read the bible the bible talks about what getting converted the bible talks about what getting what convicted if you say you have repented let's see your conversion when i talk about conversion like the name suggests to convert means that to change from one state into another so to convert means to change that if i was this i've stopped now i'm this you can say i've repented i will not do this again listen to me very careful i have repented i was abusing you but i have repented from today i've repented it means that i have stopped what abusing you but the fact that i have stopped abusing you doesn't mean that i am converted the proof 
of my re repentance and my conversion is what I do next. If truly I have converted, then the next thing I have to do is that I have to prove to you that I'm not an abusive husband again. Rather, I'm, I'm a loving husband. So I have converted from an abusive husband to what? A loving husband. So when you convert from a thing, I mean, when you repent of a sin, don't just be happy of the repentance. Look for what you must convert and become. So there are many people who are really born again. They have given their life to Christ. They have be believed God. They are be born again. And they are in the church. And they have repented. Truly, they have repented. But they have not converted. They are not converted. They have given their life to Christ, but they are not able to stop the same old thing they used to do. So let's take it this way. When I stop the bad things I'm doing, it is not repentance. If I was, can you give me one of the senior sins? If I was fornicating and I stop fornicating. So I meet her and say, are you born again? He said, oh, I'm born again. What, what shows? Oh, all the things I'm doing, I have stopped. That does not make you born again. That does not show you have repented. And that repentance is not unto salvation. It's not unto life. And I'm going to prove to you by the next foundation. That is why these foundations are very important. The same way you stopping that I won't sin again. And then you say that because of that, I'm born again. What you're trying to do is that you're trying to tell us that you have converted, but you have not repented. You have converted, but you have not repented. The same thing, we can have a man who can repent, but may not convert. So he can, he can have all the skirmishes, all the mannerisms, all the jargons of the Christian uh, church, all the mercy and atonement, help me Lord, and oh, and sing all the praises, and do all the things, dress like a Christian, put on all the nice ties. He looks sharp, looks good, but there is no true conversion. So repentance and conversion goes together. And that reflects true salvation. Wow. I believe I'm teaching. Amen. So after the repentance, then we come to the next foundation that every Christian must make sure you lay. The Bible talks about the foundation that is called faith towards God. And that's what I'm talking about today. Faith towards God faith towards God when you get born again the next thing that must be evidential in your life is your faith and your faith is not just any faith but we are talking about a qualified faith that is a faith towards God why am I saying this because one can have faith towards anything the Bible says that woe unto you when you put your trust in men, that means that a man can have faith in a man. But the Bible is specifically telling us to have faith towards God. It's a foundation. Hebrews eleven six says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I believe every Christian would want to please God. Everybody wants to be, be God's blue eye baby but the bible says that to come into that dimension you must have faith for without faith it is impossible to please god for he that cometh to god must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him that diligently seek him 
Wow. Faith and repentance are both necessary for genuine conversion. Faith and what? Repentance. They are both necessary for what? Genuine conversion. There is no repentance that does not begin by faith. So you realize that all this foundation, they are, they are connected to each other. And you will see it. Faith and repentance are both necessary for genuine conversion. To turn to God without forsaking sin is not true repentance. To try to forsake sin without turning to God in faith ends in failure. If you try to turn to God in faith, without what without faith i mean i mean to try to forsake sin you try to stop sinning okay and turn to god you will end in what in failure and the same way is to try to to forsake sin it's not true repentance to turn to god without forsaking sin to turn to god that means to have faith in god without forsaking sin it's not true what repentance to try to forsake sin without turning to god in faith that is that becomes dead works so we spoke about repentance from what dead works repenting from dead works and i explained to you that when we talk about dead works we are talking about any activity any word any motive any emotion any imagination anything we do anything we do with the absence of the holy spirit or with the absence of faith in God. The moment we do anything, coming to church, praying, even giving offering, paying our tithe, without faith in God, or without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it is a dead work. So everybody may clap for you. You may have done well. Oh, we're doing fundraising. And you're afraid, 100,000. And then he got up and he gave 100,000. But the 100,000 you give, you didn't give it because you love the Lord. Because you were inspired by the Spirit. You gave it because, number one, because you have. Number two, because everybody knows that you, will, you are the rich person in the church. Number three, because you want to protect your standard as the elder or the deacon of the church. Number four, because you want to impress. I mean, it's... it's Apart from the love of God and the prompting of the Holy Spirit and faith in God, faith in God, the reason I'm giving this hundred thousand is because I have faith in God. As I am giving this thing, I see no man, but I see God. I place this in the hand of God. I'm building the temple of God. I'm buying the temple of, I mean, the land for the Lord. I'm paying for this. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. David said, I will not give the Lord anything that does not cost me so david was not just interested in giving out money but he was giving out the money at an expense because of his love and his reverence for god so if you don't find some of these things in then what happens is that you have worked but your work is dead do you know why do you know why it's a dead works there is only one source of life in this life and it is god jesus came and he said i am the way the truth and what so there is only one source of life and it is god so anything minus god is dead period look at somebody and say anything minus god is dead so when a man comes to you and he comes to propose to you because and why do you love me why do you want to marry me because you're beautiful he's a dead proposal a dead proposal one day i prayed prayer before i met my wife i prayed prayer and i didn't i didn't know what i was doing i was alone but i after fasting and prayer 
I was in my cubicle and I was there and I was like, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe you have placed so much in me. You have paid so much for me. You have trained me so well, Lord. Thank you for bringing me up to where you have brought me to. But Lord, present me as a gift to one of your daughters you love. That's the prayer I prayed. Before I went out to search for a fiancé, present me as a gift to one of your daughters you love. Because Lord, I want somebody to lead, to lead and prove the love of God to. I was always thinking about how to have, one day I'm going to have a wife, I'm going to teach her, and I'm going to have a family, I'm going to teach, I was, I was always, always. So when you ask her, she'll tell you, when she came around me, every time she comes around, I'm teaching, 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 we are praying, teaching, praying, teaching, praying, showing her God. Up, up to today, she's sitting here, I'm still teaching her. Amen. So anything that you do must have God in it. And that brings the life aspect of what you do hallelujah can you imagine jesus jesus of all people jesus of all people came to the earth to sacrifice and die and offer his blood the bible says that when jesus was was killed and his blood was offered do you know what jesus did the bible said that he offered the blood through the eternal spirit he didn't allow it to lack the life I would let it go through God. So it was through the eternal spirit he offered the blood. That is why the blood has life. So the Bible said that the life of the flesh is in where? He offered it through the eternal spirit. And that is why the blood has the, the, the characteristics or the eternal effect. The blood is eternal. When it, it cleanses you, it has cleansed you eternally. Why? Because of the eternal spirit. If I were you, I would give my offering through the eternal spirit. I will sing my song through the eternals when I wake up in the morning and I'm having devotion. I'm not having devotion because it's a tradition that when I wake up, I have to pray to God to protect me. No, that is a dead work. I wake up in the morning, I'm praying and have my devotion because I love the Lord and I know by faith, God is with me. I'm in the company of angels. You see, this is how, and you see, in the realm of the spirit, the most relevant and important virtue is consciousness consciousness your ability to be conscious of the lord's presence of the of the spiritual realities which are present as we are here the bible says that in the gathering of the saints god is greatly feared he said wherever two or three are gathered i am there in their midst so what am i supposed to be conscious about right here what am i supposed to be conscious about yes help me hello 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 please the process what am i supposed to be conscious about God's presence, that's all. Because I am there. So the spiritual reality and the spiritual truth or the promise is that God is in the midst of where two or three are gathered. So the moment we meet and I lift my hand to pray, I'm praying because in me I believe that God is the moment that happens. You have offered it through the Lord and it has life. It has life. So when we talk about faith towards God, when I'm going for it, I'm coming back. Acts 20, the verse number 21. Acts 20, the verse number 21. Wow. But testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards who? Repentance towards who? And faith towards what? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Both repentance and faith towards God are necessary for what? Salvation. You cannot be saved only by repentance. And repentance cannot even happen without faith. True repentance the Bible says it is for by grace through faith 
ye are saved it is by grace that means that when it comes when the bible talks about by grace listen it is by grace let me explain this scripture today it is by grace through faith ye are saved three blocks here by grace through faith salvation what the bible is saying is that before the end before salvation god has done certain works beyond human ability he has done certain things which are so much expensive that no man can pay and he had given it for free and that is what we call the riches of god at christ's word expense we call it grace god's riches and what christ's expense he has done he has died he has paid his blood he has been buried he has risen on the third day he has he has done everything for you for you and no man no amount of money can pay for your sins no man can save you from hell nobody can do that so he has done it and the work that he did for our salvation is called what grace and our ability to assess this grace is called what is by what faith believing in what he has done and accepting that he's a man that cannot lie he's not i mean he's not a man that he should lie what he has said is true he has died for me yes i believe he has died for me he resurrected again yes i believe he resurrected again he ascended to heaven yes i believe he's ascended and he's alive yes i believe i believe he's the son of god your ability to believe the workings of grace brings you into the the, the, the realms of what salvation So the Bible said that how can they be saved if they don't know? So you must know what he has done. The price he has paid. That is why nobody can be born again by himself without a preacher. We have to go and tell them it is finished. And they'll ask you what is finished? Your confusion. He has paid for your peace. Jesus has died. He has forgiven. He has paid it all. Tell them the good news. And give them the opportunity to believe. And as they believe, there is an eternal working again. We move from darkness into what? The marvelous light of his dear son. And we call it what? Salvation. It is by grace. Through faith. Ye are saved. I don't think you will forget this one. If it is so, then faith is a relevant thing. Very important thing for us to consider. If it is so, faith is a very important important thing for us because when we talk about faith what do we mean what is faith it has been a great bother to me when i was growing up as a christian why because the scripture says i think in romans 117 let's see what's there romans 117 this is what the scripture says to them romans 117 please for that for therein is the righteousness of god revealed from word faith to word faith and then he said what as it is written what has happened the just shall live by faith so if i'm born again and i'll be justified and i'm a just person what does it mean to live by faith and what is faith what is faith what is this whole thing about faith do you know the bible says that anything done without faith is sin so sin is not just sleeping with a woman it means that you can even sleep with your wife without faith and you will sin so while somebody is sleeping with another girl who is not his wife and he's sinning you are sleeping with your wife without faith <laughs> Mercy. 
Charlie. <laughs> you see, that is why you cannot measure sin. So, when you go to a church and they are preaching, and you do this is a sin, and you go here, it's a sin. Please stop counting sin because when I give you the, the opportunity to count sin, you realize that it is numerous than the sand of the sea, the seashore. Sin is uncountable and sin is relevant, relative. I say sin is what? Relative. Sin is relative. There is a general thing. You see, the general ones we know is the one that act, that proceeds from the general law. That shall not commit adultery. That shall not steal. These are general. But when something, someone begins to pray prayers like, I will not commit a sin by not praying for you. If I don't pray for you too, is it a sin? Yeah, to someone it's a sin. Yeah. And if scriptures like, <laughs> he that knows what is right or what is good and does not do it, unto him it's a sin. Hey. So does it mean that if I know that I shouldn't sleep in church and I sleep? Man of God, do you know that there is another scripture that says that? And without the introduction of the Lord, there is no sin. That means that what you don't know, you cannot err by it. But the moment you know, if you don't do, it's a sin. Then we shall not know. And if you don't know, he said for lack of knowledge. So you have to know. You have to know and obey. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. Oh, are you clapping? Are you clapping? <laughs> now, let's try to define faith. What is faith? I mean, straight up. Hebrews 11, the verse number one, defines faith for us. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen the verse number two let me see what's there for by it and you see this verse makes changes something about the verse one which the lord showed me today for by it the elders obtained good report the report was obtained by what? Faith. So we go back to the verse number one of Hebrews. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So when we talk about faith, one dimension of definition says that faith means to believe and have assurance of something. To believe means to have trust. The words faith, believe, and trust are all the same when it comes to Bible or believing towards the Lord. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things what? Not seen. Now when you read this same scripture, I'll come back to something. When you read this same scripture from the Amplified Version, please give me the Amplified Version. He said, now faith this is what Amplified says. Now faith is the assurance the confirmation the title deed. Somebody said the title deed. And that is where the real definition is. That is where the real definition is. The title deeds of the things we hope for being the proof itself we do not see and the conviction of their, of their reality. 
faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses now let me explain this let me make this statement and don't forget faith is not only a verb it's also a noun faith is both a noun and a verb faith is a verb when it becomes an action faith is a noun when it becomes a title deed So, if I begin to have, if I begin to believe or trust God, listen to me, if I begin to believe or trust God based on the, his integrity or what his word has said, it means I have faith in God. Is that not it? If I take my school fees under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit or I felt led or prompted to sow my school fees as a seed into the temple, it may sound madness but if i believe that faithful is he who has said it and you'll bring it to pass and i carry it as i'm moving listen to me as i'm moving and acting i'm manifesting what faith i drop it i did it by oh you're not here you're not here it's like i'm screaming alone in the church i did it by what i did it by faith why did I do it? Because I believe what I heard. And I know he's the one that spoke to me. And I know he's a faithful God. And I know faithful is he who has said it. And he will bring it to pass. And I believe when I give, it will come back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. It's not something like I'm trying. I'm going to say something that will surprise you. There are people who give in church. Because the pastor said that, give, and it shall come back to you. Okay, pastor said that, we should give, it shall come back to us. As, as, as I don't say, as I give, no, it will come back to me. Oh. It will come back to me, good measure, president, shake it together. Shall it cost men? And then, so you take money, then you can't give. You can't give. The way you give it, I'm not giving it by faith. I'm telling you, you have not given by faith. Not because the pastor said it. Listen to me. Not because the pastor said it. But you gave by knowledge. That's another dimension. You gave by knowledge, by what you know but not what you have believed. So you have dropped the seed, yes? But what was your motivation? I'm doing what I'm doing because I know that God loves me. Do you know that when you are worshipping the Lord and you have this consciousness that the Lord loves you, your worship is different? Now, when your love for the Lord is on the ascendancy or your knowledge of God's love is really pure, your lifestyle in the church is even different. It's different. That is what we are talking about, faith towards God. It is knowing and believing in the integrity of what? Of God. Knowing and believing in the integrity of God. What has the word said? Ah, this is the word of God. This is what it said. Is it God that said it? Yes, it's God. It is written in the word. Yes. Then I believe. Then I believe. Then I believe. No argument. I believe. Yes, it's true. It's not like Takashi, I believe, I believe, I believe. No, no, you, it's in your heart. It's in your what? Your heart is in your what? Your heart is in your what? It's in your what? You believe. The Bible says that it is with the heart we believe. Not with the mind. It is with the mind we know, but with the heart we believe. Now listen to me. Believing is another dimension of knowledge. It's another dimension of knowledge. It's a knowledge by faith. Now the reason why faith towards God 
it's important and in our dispensation we must teach faith towards God is because many people have faith my God, many people have faith but it is towards a certain anointing oil towards a certain handkerchief towards a certain pastor towards a certain prophet towards a certain Ebremuswo towards a certain stick towards a certain direction and it's not towards God it's not towards God and that is the wrong kind of word wrong kind of faith it's faith towards God faith towards God now the other definition of faith that is so much important to me and that brings the faith to the realm of the now what I explain is the faith in the realm of what? the verb the doing word so I buy a car listen to me I buy a car like one day I went to buy a car when I went to buy the car after I finished paying for the car I drove the car back I, I was driving the car I drove the car to the bank drove it back to the garage and I requested for my documents as I requested for my documents in some short time before I realized about eight guys with clubs knives just came around who are you papa go away you're a thief papa. and they sat me they were about to beat me and they they sat me they, they didn't give my money back to me no I, I, I have not shared it's not a testimony for me to share so I, I have not shared this they didn't give my money back to me they didn't they just well, so my wife was like come on I said Jale, cool, cool, cool. I love your life more than the car these people can't they can't they can kill you the way they were behaving so I was standing there watching them and they moved the car then they started insulting me your mother your mother hey I was there then I was thinking what about my money but I'm going, I'll go to the police station. Then I ask myself when I go to the police station, what is my evidence? What is what? My evidence. Ah, but I didn't get a document. If I have the document, I could I could have claimed. If I had the doc- document, I could have what? Claim the car. If I had a document, I could have claimed the car. He said, now faith is. So what is? It is a faith itself. He said, faith is a now. And which now is that? Is the title this for the things hoped for? That means that I may be hoping for a thing, but without the title deed called faith, I can't have it. I can't have it. So faith is not just an action word, but it's also a now. It's a document. <laughs> it's a document for access in the kingdom. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. So that there's the, there is a now dimension of faith, and there is the verb dimension of faith. But the truth of the matter is that every faith is a verb. But some of the verbs can be converted as a noun. So therefore, he asked him, he said, if you believe, all things are possible. He said, I believe. I believe. I believe. He said, I have my own belief. I believe. So doors will open unto you by faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to move on to God's class too. Without faith, so faith is like your resource slip. Faith, Bishop Paul says that faith is the currency in the kingdom of God that is able to buy anywhere. It's bigger than dollars, bigger than pounds. It can buy anywhere. Hallelujah. So faith is not one of the options. It's not one of the things you can choose to have. It is something that you cannot do without as a believer. Because your healing is connected to your faith. Your riches is connected to your faith. Now the Bible says that he became poor that you may be rich. And I'm telling you that for you to become what you are supposed to become you must have faith. He said, if you have faith like a master seed, you shall say to this mountain, 
child of God, it is by faith we are able to cause changes in the kingdom. It's by faith. So we come to this town, and the first church member that comes around is one and a half. Today I was speaking to my first church member, Auntie Jane. And I was telling her, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for so, we are so we're so happy having time. One and a half. And the Lord said, Tell them that you are taking over. You are not joining the queue. Hey, you are taking over. You are not here to take sides. That one over. I mean, it was somewhere. Faith doesn't speak what he sees. He speaks what he wants to see. That's faith. Faith speaks what he wants to see. So though it's one and a half, he said, we are taking over. We are becoming thousands. We are having branches. We are taking over. It will be a household name. This ministry will be a household name in this town. Today, almost even little boys, you say KMC, everybody knows KMC. It started from one and a half. Beloved, I'm here to tell you if you have faith like a master seed, you shall say to any mountain in your life, Be thou removed. And I see certain mountains moving, I see certain changes happening, I see certain doors opening in the name of Jesus Christ. Faith towards God, faith towards God. Why won't I sin? Why won't I commit the blunder? I will not commit the blunder because the Bible says, Be ye holy for I am holy. I believe God is holy and I believe I'm a Christian and I believe I'm a child of God and I can't do this. That is what we call faith towards God. That I'm doing it or not doing it because of God. Faith towards God. Faith towards God. There are so many things God he said he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. The transmission line, listen to me very careful. The transmission line between the unseen and the seen is faith. The transmission line between the unseen and the seen is faith. When you read Matthew, I mean that Mark, the Bible says that if you can have the faith of God, it means that God Himself has a faith. So the Bible says that when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form. When He lifted His eye to see, He saw darkness. But the Bible said, He said, Let there be light. And there was light and there was light. Faith towards God. Believing the integrity of God. That is faithful. Believing that God has promised. He has promised and he will never fail. God has told me I'm the head and not the tail. I believe it. I believe it and nothing is changing me. Yes, it is true that there is no money in my pocket. But he said I am not poor. I'm not poor. I believe. I believe. And when it's becoming too difficult for you, what do you have to do? You can at least go back to the word and remember that even in the desert, when they needed meat to chew, when they wanted fish, there is no sea on the fish, but they found fish in the desert. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above what I can ask or imagine. If I can believe this, I will not be afraid of anything. He said, I will be with you. I will, when you go through fire, I will be there. When you go through water, I'll be there. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew this promise so well that God says that when you go through fire, I'll be there. So they knew that God will not stop the fire, but he'll go through it with them. So the Bible says when they, they were carried into the fire, what happened? They, they didn't bow down. They didn't bow down. They didn't give up. They didn't tell the king, king, we want to bow to them. No, 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 no. They walked majestically because in them, in their heart, they knew the promise that says that if they go through fire, he'll be there 
and they knew that he has promised and he will never fail and truly truly he was there with them truly truly he was there with them now do you know the amazing thing when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in the fire the bible makes me understand that they saw three people in the fire but the king that sent them into the fire saw four people so sometimes we may be in a situation we may not see God with us the truth of the matter is that as a righteous man I don't see with my eyes I see with faith I don't need to see that God is with me for me to believe I believe he's with me I know I know that's what I'm telling you that faith is another level of knowledge I know I know he's there I know he will not fail I know I know but my hope and my faith is in you we are talking about faith towards God so that certain pastors will not deceive us so that we will not be a victim to certain events so that we will not be a victim to certain I mean philosophies and certain things no we don't have to come to that level why because we have so much faith the other day Jesus asked the disciples will you also go he said to whom should we go they believed that he said you are the one that has the words of life to whom should we go whom should we go what's the difference between faith and, 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 and hope What's the difference between faith and hope? Take your seat. What's the difference between faith? Sometimes if you're not very careful, you think that what you're hoping for is faith. Faith and hope are not the same. I'm just going to give you some few differences. Now, hope is for the protection. Listen to me. Hope is for the protection of the head of the righteous. Faith is for the protection of the heart of the righteous. Our hope is birth or is based on what we know. Amen. Our hope is based on what we know so i give you a promise Charlie. i go i go i go make you preach eh? i go make you preach on friday don't you believe i can make you preach why because you know, i'm a pastor i have a puppet and me if i say you preach you preach if you don't, if you don't want to preach you preach if i tell you you are the one preaching and say oh that dear i'm not prepared it's a lie you have if i tell you you have finished preaching cry before you started amen so for that one you don't need any struggle because you know you know say there might be preacher it's as you say so you are just hoping that friday will come and then you start to preach so sometimes hope has certain things aside certain evidences aside hope always has an evidence but faith doesn't have an evidence it is the evidence faith is the evidence of the unseen but hope always has an evidence if you know your uncle is at abroad and he tells you Charlie prepare your passport i'll come for you what to fill your heart is not faith is hope but if i look at your face without you having anybody at a brother tell you the lost i should tell you that you are going to travel to the united kingdom and when you get there in three days time you are moving to us and you'll be preaching in five churches and you will release the the, the anointing to prophesy upon you as i begin to prophesy to you you will believe based on your level of faith but there are people when you prophesy to them, do you know what they do? Do you know what they do? They, they behave like Mary. How can it be since I know no man? So Mary started from the point of hope. And then the word of God came to her again. He said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. He said, let it be according to 
that word. Then he said, the, 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 the scripture said that anything is possible unto them that believe. So Mary said, then I will leave hope. I'll come to faith. And that was how a virgin got pregnant. Faith. In the face of faith, you can't spell impossible there. It's not there. You can't spell it. You can't, you can't spell it. You can't spell it. Uh-huh. You can't spell it. I pray that somebody will be blessed with a strong faith. Somebody will be blessed with a strong faith. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You need it. First Thessalonians 5.8 Wow. Hey. I thought I've preached for just 15 minutes. First Thessalonians 5.8 But let us who are of day be sober. Putting on the breastplate of what? Putting on the breastplate of what? I said faith is for the shielding of what? The heart. It's for the shielding of the heart. And then he said, and love. And for a helmet, the hope of what? And hope is for what? The head. That is helmet. Helmet is for your head. So in the realm of the spirit, if you want to feel safe, as long as your heart is concerned, your husband walks to you and tells you, look, I don't love you again. I'm going. And you have faith in God. Your heart will be protected. You see another man or another woman taking your husband away. You don't go and fight. You are afraid that the covenant will speak. That is my covenant partner. If I don't talk and I hold the altar, it will speak for me. Because it was before the altar. And I carry, I carry, I carry this matter, I carry this case to the court of our God. Who will be your witness? Jesus said that when you were exchanging your vows, I was there. So call on the Lord Jesus, be my witness. You were there. You win your case. You win your case. Faith. Faith. You protect your, you don't fret, you don't, anxiety cannot take the heart of a person of faith. No, 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 no. You know it's well. Can you imagine? I have been thinking, man of God. You people say you are anointed. Get up. You pastors, get up. You say you are anointed. Look at the way you have, you have been fighting and doing everything to see church growth. And your church has grown to 5,000. 5,000. And one day you preach a message and everybody left and it's left with 12 church members. Are you sure you will not be caught by anxiety? Hey! Ahahai, it's only by faith that you can overcome it. Faith. So, when you are when you have faith, eh, you can't be under blood pressure. You can't be. There are certain things you can stroke and those. No, it can't come near you, because this heart that will give you the stroke and those things is protected, lah. Because we don't have faith. Amen. It's because we don't have faith. Because we don't have faith. That scripture says that Romans ten ten says what? For with the heart, man believes unto what? To righteousness with a heart, man believeth unto righteousness. So when it comes to faith, I say it's with a heart. With a heart. Hope is mental attitude of expectancy about the future. Faith is a condition of heart producing belief in God. The condition of the heart producing belief in God. That you have put position your heart to produce belief. The devil said you will die. He said I shall not die. 
they tell the devil, I'm not saying a rhyme. You think I'm saying a lion is a lion. You think I'm saying uh, 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 whatever uh, when you see a traffic light. I'm not saying a rhyme. I'm telling you what he has promised me. He said, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die. And the devil said, you die. Don't you see this cancer? It has killed somebody before. I shall not die. Believing in God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Faith is not motivational speech. <laughs> I said faith is not what? Our motivational speech is not faith. Motivational speech is a speech that motivates you to believe in your abilities and your egos. They let you feel you can make it. And you, you can make it. Your mind is powerful. I'm talking about faith in God. I'm talking about no matter how powerful you are, you know it is not by might, not by strength, but by the Lord. I'm talking about no weapon from against me shall prosper. I'm talking about the weapons of our warfare. They are not. So I may be holding a bazooka, but I can die. But when I have God, I will not die. Faith in God. So it's not, it's not making, make, making me feel uh, you, can, you can become a rich billionaire and this, this. That one is mind over matter. I call it motivation. It's staring you to believe in your abilities. It's a dimension of pride and arrogance. If God is not with you, so you end up by the time you realize you're okay, fine. He's making it and it's not to respect the things of God. When you talk to them, they'll tell you that are are you getting it? And they begin to tell you, yeah. Then you begin to see that this guy is not a faith man. A good flat. Uh, you can't rise your shoulder like Nebuchadnezzar and remain on the throne. You will go to the bush. If you don't understand, go and ask Nebuchadnezzar. He will show you where he ended. Amen. So when you're boasting on the television, God will be watching you. God will be watching. Let me let me beg. You see, God is not interested in destroying people's business empire. But God is interested in saving your soul. If he has to destroy the business for your soul to be saved, he will do it. That's what I'm about God. Maybe you don't know. You do it for the sake of one soul. God can interrupt the whole galactic body, just interrupt it and this, this, disorient it, just for the salvation of one soul. One soul. He said, "If you shall gain the whole world and lose your soul, what profit?" That means that a soul is more profitable than the whole world. So it is important that everything in the world must go after a soul, but a soul must not go after everything, but except God. Must go after God, except God. If you are chasing after everything. As a soul, you, have, you are making a mistake. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Faith is God-centered, not man-centered. Faith is a gift of God. Not something man produced through self-effort of his own mind. So, some people call it vim. Vim is not faith. <laughs> oh, Charlie, you have to get vim. You have to vim. You have to get vim. Vim is not faith. That is self-motivation. You are motivating yourself. Amen. One day, we are playing football as a church. And I was a striker. We're playing with Perez, Perez Chapel, eh? Is it Perez? Yeah. And we've played, we've played, we've played that. We were not scoring. And then I told myself, I'm going to score before I leave this. That time I wasn't too heavy like now. And as we're playing, I was standing nine. As we're playing, they pushed, they did a true pass. And when it got to me, I didn't stop it. I allowed it to pass and I started following it. And it was left with I, the keeper, and the pole. So you can just imagine self-motivation. I told myself, 
today I cross my heart you don't finish you don't finish because I, and you see I was so determined I have to score because Charlie, we cannot play like that 90 minutes without a goal how so I was determined got closer to the whole thing as I was about to just tap the ball I slipped because the pack the was slippery but you no, know, I slipped forward so as the ball was going, I was slipping along. So it was an advantage for me that when I get up, I'm still close to the ball. At least I have to tap inside. So when I slipped, I put my hand down like that, trying to get up and go for the ball, not knowing the keeper too has dived and he came to sit on my hand. Then I fell down. When I fell down, I didn't feel the pain. Oh, the determination, the vim was there to score a goal. So the same hand, I said, I put the keeper and I said, I tried to get up and I realized that the thing was broken. So when I put down, I fell down and I said, Kai, then I started feeling the pain. When I forgot about the goal and the keeper and everything, I started feeling the pain. I would say, Oh, no, 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 no. Senna Eyevim. The pain, this hand. Oh. And I realized that this gentleman was there. Guided me to the hospital, stretch. They stretched. I was shouting like, Hey! Wasn't easy, cry. Wasn't. And that's what I'm saying. So you have a certain motivation. There is, you see, your motivation is not from the word of God, not from the integrity of God. It's not faith, though. it's not faith. When you commit God by His word, He commits Himself. Because when you fail by believing in God's word, it is God's word that has failed. But His word cannot fail. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but His word shall remain. It shall not fail. That's why God, God makes sure He, 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 He backs His word or His word. He's made He's made His word Himself. God has made his word himself. Amen. Yeah. The, the Bible even said that he has even exalted the word above himself. Above, he has says that means that the excellency of the word of God is too genuine. That if you cannot believe his person, believe his word. One day, <laughs> Jesus said that, as you have heard me, as you have heard, he didn't say as you have seen me, he said, as you have heard me. If you cannot believe me, believe what I say. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the next time we meet, I'll be talking about the types of faith. The types of faith we have. And then uh, I've, I've mentioned to you some of the things that uh, can take, can divert our faith. There are so, so, so many things that can divert our faith. Mediums that can divert our faith, like natural weapons. Sometimes when you have, uh, when you have a good car, or you have something powerful you have a weapon you are not afraid if you see the reason why uh what's the name of the people russia and those people they are making so much noise is because of the weapon they have because of the weapon they have they have weapons now china to get math small because they also have weapons so natural weapon when you read psalm 44 the verse number six therefore i will not trust in my bow neither shall my sword save me that means that there are people that trust in their bow and their sword that is having faith in your natural world. And then, when you have faith in great men, that's the, like politicians and losing, you know that, oh, I'll be able to do this because I'm connected to this. Oh, as for the job, I'll have it. Oh, and I said, uh, MP, or yeah, me, 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 madam, you have faith in man, great men. What does the Bible say about that? Psalm 146, the verse number three. He said, put not your trust in princess, nor in the son of man, in whom there is no help. Don't put your trust there. 
Hallelujah. Trust God. The Lord told me. The Lord taught me that. Trust God for men. I said, do what? Trust God for men. Don't trust men. Don't trust men. Hallelujah. And also, another medium that can divert your faith is yourself. Yourself. You believe yourself so much. You believe, some of you believe that one day somebody told me something. Somebody said something, I heard it. A pastor. He said, do you know why that uh, Pastor David, his church is doing well? It's because he has finished university. He has gone to school. I was so disappointed at the pastor. I was so disappointed at the pastor. Then I told God, I said, I thank you that I started this work without a certificate. I don't even have it. I don't even have a certificate. To come and start the work of ministry with a certificate. It's not because of school. If I put confidence in myself, what the Bible says in Proverbs 28, verse 26, Proverbs 20, verse 26, he said, He that trusted in his own heart is a fool. But whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. When you read Proverbs 3, the verse number 5, it said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways do what? Acknowledge the Lord. And some also trust in idols. Some also trust in idols. Some people are making noise, going up and down. We will need win the election. We will become this. We will be the MPs. We will be the, because they have consulted certain Jew men. What does the Bible say about that? Isaiah forty-two verse seventeen. They shall be turned back. Oh, shout Amen. amen. They shall be greatly ashamed. Amen. That trust in graven images. Amen. That said to the mortal images, ye are our gods. You can't trust those things. There are people who trust in false prophets. That's also a diverted faith. And then natural powers. Some also, their, their trust is in their wealth, their money. And some people, they are friends. Like you go to exam hall, you are going to write, oh, my, I'm sitting by my friends. So if you get a supervisor like me, I don't mind you. I'll just change your friend. Put him here. Put him here. You are in trouble. You will not write there. Not write there. So I want to end here. And then uh, the next time we meet, we'll talk about the importance of faith. We'll talk about how to increase faith and all those things. So we are talking about faith. We have talked about what? Faith towards God. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry and don't you be afraid. Joy comes in the morning Trouble they don't last always For there's a friend in Jesus He will wipe your tears away And if your heart is broken Just lift your hands and sing Come on I know that I can make it I know that I can stand No matter what may come my way My life is seen with Jesus Oh, with Jesus I can make it Oh, with Him I know I can stand No matter what may come my way my life is in your hand. You don't have to worry. Come on. 
screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at kmc worldwide for more information visit kmcworldwide.org thanks again for listening god bless you